0: hello guys what is up my name is dylan welcome back to the popcorn podcast the fifth official episode of the popcorn podcast today we're going to be talking all things guardians of the galaxy volume three and i am very lucky to be joined with a full panel of guests some truly wonderful individuals uh which i'm very excited to hear from a couple of familiar faces as you uh my guys might have seen before but also perhaps some new ones um so maybe i think on that note why don't we start with our our newest guest dad okay. would you uh
1: <laughs> would you like to you want me to start this off go for it um my name is daniel uh, i am uh, an actor and uh, uh, a filmmaker i'm getting into that brewing into it uh, but yeah i'm a big fan of films i call myself a film buff but there's there's a lot i haven't seen but there's some intrinsic knowledge through the ages and just media is in me somewhere, but uh, I I I love films, all things films, and a big fan of Marvel and the MCU. So I'm very happy to be here, very honoured. Thank you very much. The
0: honour, the honour is all mine. Yeah, and uh, to the right we have
2: hello, A um, person
0: who needs no introduction. Yeah, hi, <laughs>
2: I'm I'm Joe's best friend. <laughs> yeah, and glad to be here talking about Guardians.
0: For for those who, do, who are just watching, what is what is? Your oh
2: yeah, name? so I'm, I'm Panwa. <laughs> That's uh, about it. Film God. There we go. <laughs> and
0: right in the end, who who do we have here?
3: Hi. So I'm Chris. I'm. I feel like a, a bit of a. Um, not an outsider. I feel like I'm the one with the least credentials. We've got a an actor, someone who does his own. Uh, film stuff, <laughs> obviously film stuff, you, and stuff. here's and here's me who's just here for the ride and hey, here come for the house. Yeah, you're
1: great. Don't dumb me
3: up No, i like, Well, my credentials are. I've. Yeah, I live and die for these films. We, we. We. This is so important to us. We go to opening day. Basic, basically, since these films started to come out, uh, Marvel is a big part of our lives, and yeah. we just yeah, we just love the stuff. We Chris, love to talk Chris about. Chris has it.
0: very much been my partner in crime through this journey um which is why he's here but uh, anyways moving on so we are going to be talking about guardians of the galaxy volume 3 the latest entry into the marvel cinematic universe directed by the one and only james gunn um it goes without saying but i'm gonna say anyways um this episode will contain spoilers for the film so please if you haven't seen the film don't listen don't watch go and check the film out i think it's great I think these guys think it's pretty great as well go and check it out and come back and check this uh, episode out at a later time Um, but yeah that is uh, your spoiler warning so i think to kick this off um, i'm gonna do a little plot synopsis so without further ado uh let's do it so uh, guardians of the galaxy volume 3 after purchasing nowhere from the collector uh, the guardians of the galaxy attempt to make it a safe haven for aliens and other intergalactic refugees however Trouble never seems to escape this family of misfits as Rocket Raccoon is sent into critical condition following a brutal attack from the seemingly unstoppable Adam Warlock. As a result, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, must lead the team on one last mission to save their furry friend, a mission that could very well mean the end of the Guardians as we know it. Right. Guys, what do we think about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? In fact, what were we thinking beforehand? What were your expectations for the film going in? Should we start with? Let's start with Dan. Let's yeah. It. yeah,
1: Um I think the MCU needed some sort of saving or salvation of some sort. I, I, I never, I know these films post Endgame. I knew I'd always be watching them. I knew I'd always be in there. But like, um, there was something as, as I'm sure we'll discuss something lacking something something was just sort of making me feel like these films were fodder mm. they were coming out so quickly within one another and but between uh, one another and but then obviously guardians of the galaxy has this such unique tone that very excited and despite everything i thought james gunn has this um, i think i think we'll be all right there's mm. there's a tone that you can't that is that just um, can't be done by anyone else it's so unique surely volume 3 will be the, the, the one to bring us back mm. and um yeah i i'll say do, do you want me to say what i thought yeah, or is that yeah, just the pre um and yeah i think he did he did the job i think it's exactly it's it's funny because he did exactly what i thought he was going to do mm. uh which was it didn't nothing really surprised me because i have a lot of respect for james Gunn yeah uh and and his films but um no it was he did a great he did a really good job and a really emotional job and and just just put his mark on the MCU which will probably everyone will talk about as probably I, I hope like the high point of of his of his career and the MCU and that that the, he stamped it and mm-hmm. I think I I want to see more uh and we're, we're not going to see more MCU from him yeah. well I don't know where it seems Disney seemed to just give everyone what they want so maybe in 20 years I can't I, I wouldn't be surprised if volume eight <laughs> was just James Gunn poking his head back in yeah but um I loved it. I really loved it. I thought. No, it was I agree
0: with you. I feel like it's it's nice because obviously now he's become the head of DC and he's you know got all that stuff to to um, go and get his creative fingers into. But um, it, I feel like it's quite nice. He's almost given this like one last present to us Marvel fans yeah. as someone who has has very like very much been instrumental in building this universe mm. with the, the other two Guardians films and these characters. He's a director who knows these characters so so well. I feel. Um... But yeah, like you, I wasn't surprised that this film was great. I was, I was, despite the lacklustre films that Phase 4 has given us, I was still excited very much for, for mm. Volume 3. But what about you, Chris?
3: See, going into the film, we've spoken on this some before on the other podcast we did together uh, last time, Fat Man. I feel we both feel the same way that these films are com- they're just being pumped out. I think you said it perfectly. These films, are, we feel they're just fodder they're being they're just being pumped out with not a lot of thought into story into kind of building on the basis of characters so to be honest if you're going into the film I didn't want to I didn't have very high expectations Mm. and I think when after watching the film it was like oh that was good that was a good film yeah it was it was a it was a breath of fresh air it was something that i was really really happy to experience i felt like i was actually in the moment of the film i wasn't zoned out watching a film i was caught i was focused i was um at most most of the time i was i was looking forward to seeing what was what was ahead of the film it it gripped me at some points it saddened me it it was a really a really really good film i thought and yeah i'm happy that i didn't go in with big expectations because um now it was for me it was so much better it made it so much better to just go in and just experience it without having any kind of um other film any of the other films in mind apart from of course the other guardians films as well because these films were good films
0: speaking of the other guardians films panel i know you have quite a unique take on this but how do you feel like
2: volume three compares to the other two films sure so i yes i do have a massive hot take with this um exciting i think that Guardians 1 is perhaps, maybe not, you know, but perhaps, in my opinion, the most overrated MCU film. Ooh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I think that Guardians Volume 2 is the most underrated okay. by a country mile. I think that I'm, well, you know, the reason I feel this way is because I'm not just looking at them from a story or a character point of view, but from a filmmaking point of view too. Mm. And upon re-watching both of them after seeing 3, You can really see how much James Gunn has grown and evolved and upgraded, in my opinion, as a filmmaker, Mm. as a craftsman, you know, as an artist, Um, the way he uses the camera, the way he uses music, the way he edits, the way he incorporates VFX into his uh, films. Volumes two two and one, in my opinion, they almost feel like they're directed by different people. Mm. Um, That's how much I feel James Gunn has grown. And to see him go on to do The Suicide Squad and then the Holiday Special. And now this, the film language that he has kind of established for himself, the way he moves the camera, the way he lights each scene, you know, all of these different things. You see him grow and grow and grow and grow more. Personally, I would say that Guardians, two, just personal preference, was that sweet spot, Okay, you know, of coming from the slightly indie filmmaker, uh, not really knowing how to do uh, big, big you know, scenes yeah. uh, for, of one versus this, where he's just firing at all cylinders and there's like not a single static shot hmm. and everything is moving and the camera's spinning 360 every other shot, you know, whatever. Uh, volume two from a filmmaking point of view was that perfect sweet spot. And also on an emotional level in terms of characters, in terms of what actually happens in that film, volume two is my favorite still. But I think there is so much to love about Volume 3 and stuff that we'll all talk about in just a yeah. second. But it's very satisfying, as you guys said, to see one last gift from James Gunn. For me, it's almost a confirmation of James Gunn's evolution. Mm. As much as the Guardians franchise has been about the evolution of Peter Quill or Rocket or Gamora or Drax or Mantis, Nebula, whatever. Uh, Groot, for me, it's it's been also about James Gunn's evolution as a filmmaker. And that is crystal clear cemented uh thanks to this film
0: very well said and i know yeah that is a, a hot take shorty, i think here, um with volume two as, as as your top yeah for me it's i think i still like the first film the best and then I, I i i won't even lie i think this one isn't actually too far off i watched it a second time and i was like you know what i was kind of expecting me to uh, my um sort of uh, love for the film to, to, to slightly diminish, but it didn't. Uh, and I had a blast the, the second time as well. Volume 2, for me, I feel, I agree with everything that you've said, but for me, I wasn't the biggest fan of the visual language of the film. M- less so with the directing, but more so with how the film looked. It was doing all these crazy things with colours, but for me, it felt the most artificial okay. out of the three. Sure. Whereas this third one, I think, was like, that was my sweet spot it had a like from the i think it's i mean we've already transitioned into everything we've liked about the film um but for me like the the tone of the film right from the first second like it was like it was a very ominous tone you knew that the film was going to be considerably darker than 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 the other two um the color palette i think he's he used the same dp as he did for the the suicide squad and Uh, volume two and oh Yep. That's surprising because I didn't know he did Volume 2 as yep. well, which is quite interesting. Um, but I think he's definitely taken a lot of what he did on the Suicide Squad with DC and yes. brought it into, yes. into, into this film. I don't know about you guys as well, where, where would you rank Volume 3 uh, amongst the other two?
1: So I'm with you. I wasn't taken by Volume 1 or oh, Guns nice. of the Galaxy. So I I hadn't quite found my Marvel footing at that point. Okay. So a little, I never had Star Wars or any sort of film or franchise to cling yeah. on to as a kid. And I saw Guardians, I think it was during Age of Ultron era of MCU is where I thought, I might cling on to this. There's something about the, these connected worlds, which I haven't had before. And uh, But I just wasn't, the, the style, I think, I didn't appreciate quite how different it was. Mm. And it's on rewatches where I realised Guardians of the Galaxy is, is such, a, mm. such a unique and incredible film in, in what it is and what it's trying to do and the music and... And just how it stands out—it's such a—it's—it's it's weird as well. It's weird and wonderful. It's so unashamedly its own thing. Yeah. Um. And that, but from them, but when I put them as a whole, I'd say, I'd say I think it goes three to one reverse mm-hmm. for Ooh. me actually. Yeah. Two, I—I I was really in it. I found it. I—I think really championing the weird, and I think all right, something about the artif—there is some sort of artificial, yeah. green screeny, yeah, vibe um, to number two. That
0: was my issue with the film. Yeah, movie, yeah. But
1: but the stuff with ego. And I, I do like number one being about his mother, and the second about his father. Yeah. Uh, and then the third kind of being not kind of like a, a right angle onto Rocket, but like I think about it, family. Yeah, exactly. The, ca- the the cadence into that was definitely made sense. Yeah. And um, I think Rocket's story is someone oh, I didn't. Rocket could easily just be this CGI eye candy yeah. that we just sort of stare at. And I don't think any film is really committed to. Also, I think it obviously he has a love for animals as yeah. well. And um, sort of. I, Peter or what they call Peter have like said have claimed this film is like incredible mm. in terms of representing animal yes, rights yeah, and things. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but um, the love for that character that he's obviously had, and I think James Gunn sees himself in Rocket as well. Yeah. That 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 the film it 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 um it does that beautifully, mm. and the Rocket story is just so well told and built up from the first one as well. Yeah. But I think it is just. Yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say it's the top of, of the, the, the three The
3: top me. of the bunch. Yeah, bunch. for mm. sure. I think I'm a 1-3-2. 1-3-2. But I have to agree with you. I think the third the third film wasn't too far off the first one. But for me, the first film, the first Guardians, it, for me, to describe it, if I could just dis- to, to describe it, the way I remember it, watching it the first time as a kid, they were like, a, like the bad boy kind of Avengers kind of thing. Mm. Whereas... Where like they're like a bad bunch of, of people. They weren't all heroes, thieves, criminals, um, ravagers coming together as a family and doing the business. And there was something about like that that dynamic, that initial dynamic that was different in the avengers whereas the avengers yeah you have you have captain america who's a bit of a good kind of a good boy iron man yeah okay playboy all these another kind of family dynamic but this whereas this family's like all these guys come from really dark back kind of dark dark backgrounds mm. um as we see in this film with rocket especially um but <coughs> what i liked so much about this film is that when exploring uh when it, we spoke you spoke about how um yeah we we a lot of taking a lot a lot of the film was about rocket but it didn't feel like a like it was just all about him like the whole time i feel like all the characters um had had their moment in it and i think something that i did as well another thing i liked is that they introducing adam warlock i'll speak we'll speak more about that in a minute but i feel like he had a good amount of screen time and a good amount of um influence on the film
0: that's interesting because i thought mm. you were going to be the person today to be like you know what adam warlock just didn't do it for me yeah. but we'll go on we'll to we'll, get, it. we'll get we'll get <laughs> on to adam warlock yeah no no i completely agree um they uh, james gunn like even though this film is very like it's almost kind of rockets film it's his yeah. time to shine we've been sort of teased his his backstory has been teased mm. in the other two as well yeah. and now we're finally getting it
1: it's funny he's, he's actually on life support a lot of the film yeah. like 80 yeah. percent of it like yeah it, obviously the flashbacks are such a massive part, but like a majority of the film, he's kind of out of action, he's not not just foaming at the mouth. The
2: interesting thing uh, for me is that the way they structured it, as you said, so much of the movie is about Rocket. Yes, because he is not only, you know, as I say, the protagonist of the film, but he's also the mission of the film, Yeah, right? It's just save Rocket. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. because of thanks to the flashbacks, if you didn't have those flashbacks, Rocket would not have a role until the end of the movie mm. when he comes back essentially but thanks to those flashbacks being peppered in that's the brilliance of James Gunn's writing the brilliance of the structure of the film and I have problems with the structure which we'll get into but what's so great about it is it's clear from the way the movie is structured who the main character is mm. whilst not explicitly saying look this is the main character because we're spending 24-7 with him and he's in every shot and he's mm. in every close-up um, but by doing those uh, flashbacks it helps the yeah. audience has subconsciously registered the fact that Rocket is important. Mm. You know? Yeah,
0: and just building off this whole the the, the whole the whole thing being Ro- uh, mission to save Rocket. The when I when the when the film opens, the tone is slightly different, yeah. slightly off. The the color palette is different. Um, the opening song is um Pre- Radiohead. I- radio oh, it's acoustic heads. version, mm. is it? Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, the yeah. acoustic version. And then out of nowhere, um, Adam Warlock just comes in mm. and just starts mm. going mm. on a rampage, and you're hooked. Then and there, like, this family is in danger and Rocket's uh, injured. And then all of them snap back into action. And it's essentially a race against time to save their friend, right? And I feel like just that in of itself helps the film so much because it gives, it establishes time barriers, it establishes a sense of urgency, and it helps with the pacing. I know you have an issue with the pacing when it comes to the second act. But when I watched it a second time, I actually didn't feel... It, as much really? of, yeah 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 uh, very much so um, and I just think uh, above everything else it just demonstrates the love that these characters have for each other and that is some something I think feel like a lot of audience members can relate to and mm. it's you know one of the high one of the strong points of this um, of these characters Rocket's backstory very much the heart of the film um, and I was also really surprised at some points at how sort of dark they went yeah I, di- I thought yeah. we had gone past that with the MCU I thought you know what we're not gonna see stuff that we kind of saw back in phase One. I
3: think with animals it's easier to kind of make this kind of dark because they're sentient animals they're not they're not people so I think having this kind of dark background and this dark origin story of being like horrific because imagine if these were
1: children children you're talking
3: about with their arms chopped off and and things like that and but they're sentient animals and basically sentient children Yep. Like just like people, but I think and I think that was very clever with what what they did with it, and it is part of a lot of uh, Rocket's backstory in the comics as well, mm. and it does weave back into it. But um it would be a disservice to not bring up No Sleep Till Brooklyn that scene. Oh my gosh, we'll that get, was We'll get, we'll get there. Run.
0: We'll get there in a sec. Because yeah, I, I, that 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 was incredible. What I was gonna say is, did uh did any of you? Have, when was the last time you guys watched Endgame? Just. Not long ago. Not I watched recently. sort
1: of snippets now and again. I sort of give myself a little same, moment. So, same, so, same, so same.
0: what I found quite touching about this film, um, maybe this is just me, but was the fact that in Endgame, Rocket was the one who lost his family and he was doing everything he could to save them, yeah. to bring them back. Uh,
2: was it
1: him and Nebula? Who, it was him and Nebula, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice scene where they hold hands. Yeah,
0: like, and sort of in ready, this maybe. film, it's very much... The reverse. The reverse. Yeah. Mm. And like I feel like watching Endgame and then this back-to-back would be a nice sort of double bill but no that's something I just found really like just a nice detail like a a nice touching detail there but um, yeah one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was the high evolutionary yes what did you guys what did you guys think of him who wants to go Uh, first I can say
1: so uh, what's the actor's name Chukwudi yeah yeah he's amazing I think it's just nice to have a villain to who is just unashamedly evil and that's kind of it Mm -hmm. and uh, as nice as it is as we know from Endgame uh, and what they're trying to do in Quantum Mania is to have a backstory. Yes, and, and and it feels natural in Endgame and Infinity War. I should say probably more so. But um, I think now everyone feels like your villain has to has have to this have in backstory. depth, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of motivations and and you know it has to all make sense exactly what they want. Yeah. But just um, he's just a dickhead. He's just horrible. He's vile. <laughs> he's just no, no one wants. At you don't want. You just don't want this guy. To, you're not rooting for him, and that's fine. And it's just a bit of straight out Disney villain. Screaming, he was a bit shouty. But maybe that's my actor's perspective bud, from bud, it. Bud, bud, but like, yeah. but I think he was good, and I think he was weirdly likable from considering this, the awful things he was doing, yeah. uh, and just committed. And you just need, needed a bit. Of, it was just simple. It just he didn't need to think too much about what he wanted. And like, but why is he doing that again? Oh, it's because when he was a kid, this and that. And like, no, it's yeah. no. He's just. He's just filled with yeah hate and wants power and control and that's all we need really
0: yeah and you understood his mission yeah because he was like he he was so obsessed with it the whole time his his mission is to essentially perfect organisms and and just even though you don't root for him mm. because of the, the, this really sadistic side to him you can kind of understand yeah I guess it, um, his purpose and yeah. and whatnot and it's always good when a villain has that like you said. I think we've also, we've been accustomed to this whole thing that villains need a backstory for yeah. to be developed or yeah. like just good in general. But no, I thought um, Chukwudi Awuji, I think like, apologies if I'm butchering that name, but like, I think his performance was, was terrific. Just his yeah. mannerisms, yeah. It, them itself, like whenever he was on screen, I feel like he ate the screen up yeah. really well. Chewed the scenery. Yeah, it, very much did, so. Yeah. And just his... Just the fact that he has a personal connection with Rocket yeah. in of itself yeah. was enough mm-hmm. for me. I was like,
1: great. Was, was that character mentioned in the previous films? I know he's a massive comic oh, character. I don't, don't he? think so. I don't, don't think so. Think just so. this looming kind of dark shit that Rocket's been through is yeah, just been
2: yeah. So. Yeah. it's been peppered throughout, but yeah. I don't think it's been explicitly stated as well. Um, with to build off of what Dan was saying, we've come from so many different MCU villains who essentially are not villains. Tony Leung is not really a villain. Michael B. Jordan is not really a villain. You know, Scarlet Witch or Namor, they're not really villains. They're just kind of like misled people. This Mm. guy is an actual bad guy. I love that. And I also got to say one of my favorite motivations because of how petty it is, um, is the fact that ultimately he hates Rocket because he's jealous of Rocket. Because Rocket's smarter than him. And he has created something that has outdone him, which surely you should be proud of that. Mm. But hey, I don't know. So. I like the fact that he is ultimately just a little petty child about it, um, and it, I, I don't know why, but in a weird way, he kind of reminds me of if you took all of the Daniel Craig Bond villains right. and put them together in one person. Mm, that's you know, he has elements Ooh, of the Chief, he has elements of, of of Javier Bardem and Christoph Waltz and Rami Malek. He's just kind of all of them you combined know, into not, one.
0: Never in a million years I would have just, just very thought of something like that, but fair enough. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Chris?
3: Well, I think I have. I'm going to be devil's advocate here and say I, one of the big problems I had is that his character is a far cry from what he is in the comics. Okay. And one thing that I did notice is that the ship that he uses, the colours that they use, the red, the black, and the silver mixed together, is kind of similar to what high evolutionally, uh, you, uh, his suit in the comics, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did, which that I did like. I think. for the character he did just seem like a spoiled child like that's what it was and it was clear that he wanted to be a god his 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 kind of purpose was to be a god not to be worshiped but to have that kind of um to have that kind of thing to say that i created these beings i created perfection i am therefore god to these yeah there is there is
0: a line where there is no god that's why there is is, there is no god that's why i stepped in yeah line yeah, no, 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 definitely.
3: I think the the delusions of grandeur are very clear. Um I don't know. I don't I I wouldn't rank him very high on on the list of my favorite villains to be completely honest with you okay. in the MCU. Um,
0: I think just want to say I out of him, Ego and Ronan, yeah. the Guardians villains, I think he might be my favorite. I th- like just about. Okay. I don't know about you guys. But, um, Can I extend
2: that question real sure. quick, just out of curiosity? Because we were talking about a lot of this off camera. Let, take okay, take Thanos and Loki out of the equation. Who is your favorite MCU villain?
1: I um, like Red Skull. Uh, you're gonna need me a minute. That's what thirty films to skim through.
0: <laughs> I like I like Tony Leung. I'm a Tony Leung guy. Yeah. That's Chung uh, Chi. Yeah, 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 Shang-Chi. no, he's good. Um,
2: and then Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kate Blanchett as well.
0: Kate Blanchett.
3: Those three out. Yeah, she's mm. good. I think Red Skull slept on man. I think I think he's a top. I think he's, re- he's I top, think he's up yeah, there. I think he's, he's top, top. Top. It's, it's top a bit of a shame that he was
0: only in just the one. Well, he was in. He's on Vormir. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was only in just the one film, and he's such a big villain. Yeah.
1: But, uh, oh, I like. Uh, he's. I mean, he didn't do a lot, and if you're watching the Disney Plus series, but Zemo is, is it Baron Zemo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was. But he got to a point where he's not a villain anymore yeah. either, right? Club
0: dancing. But he
1: had. He had a good. I mean, he had. I talk about that story being cringe, almost like but his motivations were very they were followed through in civil war yeah and mm. uh, it was human and all that and kind of and i think even Thanos's i want to destroy half of everything was a little almost too extreme to i think they found a good middle ground with is it daniel Brawl, the actor daniel, there, yeah maybe. yeah and he was great he's been great but i think i don't know what they've done with him recently mm. i Anyways. think he's such an underrated
2: sorry for the uh oh, yeah. no 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 no, no, no. Good, good. <laughs> <We> <laughs> yeah. that yeah. was a good That's question fun.
0: good question um just m- maybe more on the filmmaking panel if you want to ex- sure, yeah, yeah. ex- expand i think like these films obviously they have like daniel saying dan was saying the his like a very unique stamp on them they do music choices they do the yeah. editing mm. um the visual language um the song choices yeah. once again i thought were ter- I thought they were pretty
1: sure terrific this time around. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not hundred percent sure. I it might be down to me not knowing them as well. And I did, and volume two is actually I've sat with those tracks on rewatches mm. and I've fallen in love with them because of of whether you know they they were used in the film and now I love them because I know the film well. Uh, uh, so it might be a case of having to know it yeah. a bit more. But for some reason they didn't quite it didn't quite um I don't know stand out like how maybe Like that first scene, come and get your love in, you know, that's such a moment. Mm -hmm. And then other tracks, you can, I don't know, it just, it wasn't, didn't quite do it for me. There was something slightly missing in the soundtrack
2: vibe. Fair enough. So with filmmaking, just to, I'll give you a one pro and one con, I guess, from James Gunn's directing kind of style. Uh, As we were talking about earlier, the way that he uh, sort of moves the camera, shoots stuff, edits stuff together has become very, very clear. Of what he likes to do and i remember when he did the suicide squad it was this again same cinematographer as volume two uh, holiday special and th- i think it's henry Bryan? Brahms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and he's also doing the flash nice. uh, he's also shooting the flash but james gunn was talking about basically being able to use smaller cameras yep. more nimble tactile cameras and therefore being able to move it around more as a result uh, what this means is a hell of a lot more camera movement where, you know, typically film language, you are panning, tilting, dollying it out, up, down, whatever. He's going kind of all over the place with this stuff. And whilst that may seem fun and high energy at first, that's a big pro. One of the cons becomes that there is just no moment of stillness. Yeah. You know, like, why do we love... Uh, Nolan, or Matt Reeves, or Matthew Vaughan uh, or you know even the Russo brothers uh, and their superhero filmmaking—it's because they allow for these moments where the camera sits. And you think about that shot of Captain America on the left and just Thanos' army on the right. I don't even, you don't even have to show it. You know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. right? Or, or, you know, anything from the Batman because the camera basically doesn't move. Thank you, Greg Fraser. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I would love, have loved a bit more subtlety and, uh, you know, holding back a little bit more. So that's my one issue. The other issue that I have with this film overall, and I guess we, we can talk about issues in a second, but this is my personal one. I think that there there comes a point where James Gunn with this film has gotten just a bit too ridiculous with his creativity. Yeah. What I mean by that is that he's become so creative and out there and almost embraced the camp so much, which by the way is what most people love about these films, but he's done it so much that you it gets to a point where you can't really take some of it seriously, and I give you two examples. Uh, One is when they go into, they infiltrate in their bright spacesuits that can be seen from a mile away with no stealth elements whatsoever. They infiltrate that organism thing. And you have Nathan Fillion, who's basically dressed like the Michelin Man. And all of (laughs) the guards are dressed like the Michelin Man. And I'm looking at that and I'm like... When you compare, yeah. you know, that kind of antagonist to Michael B. Jordan, who has, like, all of these tattoos, and, you, you know, Namor, who's, like, an actor. I did look ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, I there's ridiculous. no sense of genuine danger, because you can't take him seriously. Like, again, I could bet any one of us in this room, including, and especially Joseph, who, to beat them, any of those security guards in a fight. Okay, so that's um, kind of exaggerated number one. Number two is, for me, um, counter-earth. Yep. So I spoke to Dylan about one of my issues with the film being that the counter-earth sequence feels like is in a completely different film and that because there is so much emphasis on VFX and animals, creatures, aliens, everything, and all of them are done either through pure CGI or motion capture, when you have essentially these practical human beings wearing like animal heads, you don't feel like you're watching the same movie yeah. and it becomes a bit jarring and you can't take it seriously. Um, and that's kind of partly what is so great about James Gunn and partly why I think the, the Suicide Squad works well because at least no matter how ridiculous it was, it was still on Earth. It was You can still see Idris Elba and Margot Robbie and John Cena and whatever. Um, but this one for me, it, it took it just a touch too far. Okay.
0: Now I was saying, I, I do agree with you. I think that whole counter-earth yeah. sequence of sorts, I do feel like that was the weakest part of the film mm. for sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, the first time I watched it, it felt like we were on there for a lot longer. Although, like I said, the second time when I watched the pace It pacing, speeds up? It speeds up a bit more. I also feel like it being counter-Earth, it being, you know, very similar to Earth, mm. you're not... He, he wasn't able to do as much visually. Yeah. It just looked grey and whatever. Maybe that's what he was going for. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I think that was my probably my least one of my least favorite aspects about the film. I think yeah. we're moving sort of onto the mixed. and the. Oh, bad. can I add one more tiny yes, little please. thing? Okay, okay.
2: so um, this is something that I think you were talking earlier about why you felt uh, Guardians 2 was too artificial. Mm. And this is why I love Guardians 2. Okay. So let's... Who's a Star Wars fan here? You've not seen Star, Star Wars. Seen You're Mom. a Star Wars fan. Okay, yeah. so perfect. You've seen Rogue One. That's ah. good enough for me about the example I'm going to make. Disney Star Wars versus George Lucas Star Wars. Yep. Look at the planets. Right? Uh, the, the Disney Star Wars, like water planet, sand planet, forest planet, bland planet with red salt, <laughs> casino royale planet. Whereas George Lucas, every single planet is different. Mm. It's inspired by different countries, different cultures, different landscapes. And also, it actually feels like an alien planet. Mm. That was my thing of like, people were talking about the visual diversity and how you felt like you were going on a proper adventure with this third one. No. Uh, not not for me. Visually, personally, you're on a spaceship half the time of the you know the high evolutionary spaceship. You're in space a lot, and then you're on the sh- you know the guardian ship a lot, and then you're on Counter Earth. Guardians Two is like every scene in Ego's Planet looks different. And as someone who has talked many many times, even on the John Wick video about visual diversity, that's why I loved it so much, and I, that's why I didn't mind the artificialness. Because saying uh, if I think if you love the way uh, Guardians Two look. It probably comes from loving the way the prequels look. And I do love the way George Lucas created the prequels. It felt a lot more over the top and therefore more grand and operatic as yeah. a result. Anyway, that's just me.
0: No, no, no. I feel no, I I I I I percent understand what you're saying. Like I feel like if you're gonna Create something yeah. from scratch. You can essentially create. A May world. as well go why, for it. Why, why not go all that yeah. right? Dan, you were about to say something.
1: There. Well, I was going to say about the prosthetic heads of the animals. Yeah. Okay. There, there is some. I, I kind of forgave it because I was like, is this kind of a Star Wars homage? Are they trying to go for like old school? Like we, we've seen so much CG in, uh, in just so many Marvel films, mm. and this is just kind of your. And also, I mean, there's enough in Guardians itself. Is this kind of your kind of a little shout out to the love for the kind of. The prosthetic rubbing rubber yeah. rubberiness of of these characters, so I kind of forgave it, and I did think, I think wasn't it well, when he when he produced like when he, he he'd make a turtle and it turned, and turned into, into like yeah, and yeah. then it, it immediately you were like that's just a man in a costume rather than then when it screamed <laughs> yeah. it was like oh, that's quite threatening yeah. yeah, and then immediately it's just uh, so I did see that, but in terms of I think going to what you're saying like a set piece in terms of the act three of a film, the setting standing out and looking sort of interesting, or like, I, I I do agree when you when think. I've only seen it once, and by setting in my head a bit now, it was just the spaceship, counter-earth, and that these three main points is that maybe they could have upped like a kind of setting or... Mm. I, I guess it's not really about that, I think that's the thing for James Gunn, it's the characters are key, and it's the stuff happening around them, and there's a lot of things we might want... To, you know, I feel like if, if they don't go to a snowy place in a sequel, mm. then have... <laughs> that's just kind of why... Well, I don't know yeah, why yeah. I feel like, oh, is the sequel gonna go to somewhere snowy, somewhere a little different? Um, but like um, they kind of just—he tends to just keep things quite, sort of intimate and or in there in just in the space where it's been happening a lot. He didn't change things up. I guess it wasn't like a rip-roaring, gallivanting adventure. It was quite kind of—it was, it was personal. Contained. It was very. Yeah. It was very contained.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't really have that much of an—I—I I, I don't think I have much of an issue with the visual stuff mm. in this film as much as you maybe you guys do. But that's more so because I—I—I I, I really appreciate it especially with these big blockbuster films is when you have that blend of practical and cgi yeah because this is a huge film like we're traveling galaxies of course there's going to be special effects and this and that and but it's the sort of the positioning of those scenes in conjunction with each other that sort of helps to establish a sort of like you you're you're not able to like completely zone out yeah with, with something completely ridiculous on screen and i think there was where this all sort of reached the pinnacle was in that one shot scene in the third act yes the, i think that was a seamless integration of visual effects practical yes. stunt work and for me one of the best maybe one of my favorite scenes in the mcu definitely one of the best fight scenes in the mcu i just wish it was a bit longer even though it was terrific i want to see it again
1: I, i've got uh, it in my head and that's all i've got in the one shot of rocket just kind of I just saw running.
3: Yeah. yeah, I
0: remember when the, we that scene finished. We were yeah. holding our breath, and me and Chris looked at each other at the end of the scene. And we were like, "Oh my god, that was so yeah. sick!" Yeah. I, think <laughs> I looked my dad. My that was brilliant.
2: One of the uh, great things about that scene, as well, is and and one of the great things about James Gunn. I talk a lot about the camera movements, everything, whatever. Uh, the way he sort of orchestrates these action s- sequences, mm. uh, you know, he's not really ever been known as the action person in comparison to the Russo brothers or Shang Chi or whatever, but. Um, that scene in particular felt like it was moving the way a comic book illustration yes, would. Absolutely, yeah. And I loved that about it. I that thought fair enough. Yeah. you know, well that done. Meg. But how much of
1: it was like kind of slow mo, so you could really look at what was happening? Mm, yes, and that, yes. and sometimes I think was it. I don't know much about Zack Snyder's cinematography yeah. or the way he, but does he? He does a lot of slow mo, right? But it's for some reason, it's, kind of. right. But for some reason, that it wasn't cringe to watch this. It was, <laughs> it was so beautiful, like you could yeah. relish on like on that side of the screen. I saw it in IMAX, but like yeah. There was so much happening from every angle and it was yeah, just, you yeah. just you just you just slowly make your way across the room. Yeah, it was, it was it, so there's well
0: done. there's there's a whole s- section in this in this fight scene where um Star Lord is throwing the like the the buttons on yeah. on these guards and you're like what what's he yeah. doing and it's all fast and, and then it slows down and all of them sort of come and try and attack him and they all get buzzed at the same yeah. time and they're all getting electrocuted and it's like, oh,
1: brilliant. Chef's
0: kiss. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um fantastic no sleep till brooklyn was is, is that yeah that's, that's what that I was talking about <laughs> oh, I see right. Do you know
3: what that was that was something very special that was that was like a, the for me that was like uh, the cherry like it was okay it wasn't at the end but it was the cherry on top like for the film it was it was what pushed it for me into like okay this film like not just because of just because of the scene, but just building up to that scene and having something so refreshing and so really? like so like what we have missed from the MCU. It really, is. a good yeah. scene of nothing like sometimes that's but that's sometimes what it is. That's sometimes all that it needs is just a good scene with good action, good like something that just you're you're just there watching and you're, your your eyes are just moving so quickly your yeah. brain just trying to comprehend everything that's going on
0: and just the way that scene was constructed yeah. you, everyone has different fighting styles yeah. it's te- they're telling their own little stories within this grander set yeah. piece and it's almost like looking back on it now that is more or less the last time we see these characters together, together yeah. really going diving headfirst into yeah. conflict together and i just think it's such a beautiful moment
1: yeah. um Are they all there Apart from your, yeah. your dog and your arrow man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do know their names. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Emotions wise. Yeah. How does this one how did this one do for you guys? Because I cried twice. Okay. Not,
1: I nearly cried. I'm not a crier, but <laughs> a cryer I was, I shared I was a few very days. stressed. I was very like they're doing this. They are really putting Rocket through his paces mm-hmm. and and adding with, uh, with the... with the I mean, they, they make him cute. I mean, like they're not making him cute just for the sake of, like, mm. to make us, uh, hurt us more. Mm. But um, obviously, um, we've talked about the four, the four little misfits, his own, his ori- the original guardians that Rocket yeah. had of... Uh, I forgot their names. Lila, Lila, Teeth. Lila Teeth, and Floor. Oh, Chowder, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Floor, that's it, yeah. Um, just be- beautiful. I mean, you don't get much time with them, screen time, really, but um, enough is sort of said. Yeah. They're tortured. And there's kind of some almost... There's some very dark comparisons to just tragic like just um, I, I thought maybe that Holocaust comparisons in some ways, obviously numbers being drawn on them and things like that. It was they were he wasn't sure. afraid to pull that part to, oh, yeah. to to pat the 100%. punch with all of that, and um, that I think I think you did. We we know about Rocket. We know he's tortured. We we know he hate or he hasn't he, his identity is not he's not fully come to terms with who and what he is. He can't be called and all of that raccoon the raccoon motif of calling him a raccoon throughout the films. I think you don't realise quite how, it's almost like you're like a school bully with it and you kind of laughed with it originally. Mm. And then how much that actually meant to rock yeah. it and how important that was. Like, shit, of course that's that's massively important to his, to who he is and how he feels and, and the way he reacts, we kind of laugh at it as part of, you know, but like, um, it's dreadful. Like, it, it's all, so much is packed into those flashback sequences. Mm. And uh, they're, they're, it's, I, 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 I don't cry really. I don't even laugh much when I watch films, but like, No, I was. There was my my heart rate was definitely up in those. Definitely, and it's funny because you thought, of course, he's going to be okay. It's a kids' film, and I think that's also a part of this. I think a lot of the fan base was convinced someone was going to die. Yeah, and like the coloring of the font would say apparently adds up to.
2: Was it Drax was going to die?
1: Yeah, something like that. I I was convinced someone was, and it's almost a twist in itself that they come out okay. Well, they come out changed, but like, um, and the guardians don't exist as as the group group they are. But it was almost like quite refreshing to be like. Oh, good. Actually, that wasn't necessary. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, no one needed mm. to die, and they have died in a way. Like, you know, um, I don't know, Star Lord just going back to Earth in a in a way was a death of his character. Yeah, the legendary Star Lord, no more. But like, um, no, I was very, I was just very with it. Way more with it than I have been for any other Marvel film. Uh, and it, yeah, emotionally, it, it's, it was, it was just so,
2: yeah, it was so well done. Right? I, I add one last compliment yeah, to Mr. Yeah. James Gunn mm. before we move on? <laughs> because um, I've I've been playing devil's advocate long enough, time to be positive, again, as <laughs> usual. Um, the way he handles tone. What Dan was talking about, you know, uh, the dark nature of those scenes, you know, of, of these uh, decrepit animals who have been tortured, who have been pulled apart and put back together. I mean, I kind of reminded me of uh, Sid from Toy Story. Toy Story, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but to have that to have the Michelin Man scene in the same film, mm. you know, to have these emotional lines, you're we talking about like, you want to destroy a Drax, you're meant to be a father. And like all of these lines to have the emotion, to have the darkness, to have like, we talk about the long take scene, you know, these guardians feel like warriors. They feel dangerous. Even Star-Lord, who in in some ways, when compared to like Thor or Iron Man or Captain America has always been seen as it's too goofy. He's made to feel dangerous. Um, and then to have the, the, the goofy camp as well and somehow to have all of these different things combine into one film and make it work surprisingly well. That takes a seriously skilled director, yeah. someone who knows how to balance scenes, someone who knows how to edit, someone who knows how to use sound music images to kind of take us through this emotional journey and this tonal journey. Yeah. Um, that's partly why when we talk about the future. That's partly why I'm really excited for him to do the DC stuff. Partly why I'm really excited to see him do Superman, because I think he's going to do a drastically different thing from Zack Snyder. But at the same time, you'll still, despite all the goofiness, despite if he has Crypto the dog, just, you know, whatever, you're still going to be able to take it seriously. Mm. And that's one of the greatest things about James Gunn as a director.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really great that you said that because I, I think like after this film, one of the thing, one of my first thoughts was, wow, I think James Gunn has just joined the league of directors who I can no longer see making a truly awful film. Yeah. Like I just know now, like every time I go to see a James Gunn film, I almost hold my breath because, because of how unique his tones are, how he's able to blend comedy with like a really like serious elements and, and whatnot. But once again Mm. i don't know why i'm surprised but he's proven time and time again that he's essentially
2: a master of doing that now that you um say this can i can i do one more quick off topic question please thank you oh who Um, are the directors that okay don't no not not nolan not nolan okay who is your in your opinion the best director of comic book movies or superhero movies just say one name, no need for a reason. I'm just really curious. You can cut this I, bit I, out. I would I, have to
0: think,
1: but... I want to say a name, but he hasn't... When I think about it, he's only done... He was going to do Ant-Man as Edgar Wright, and I think there's definitely comparisons with James Gunn and Edgar it, Wright. He did Scott Pilgrim. He did Scott Pilgrim, Last, and that's why I was going about to say... talking
3: superhero well, films in general, or just comic comic films? Comic slash superhero. I'm
0: not gonna say your thing. I know what you're gonna say, but who not- am I gonna say? You're gonna say Matthew Vaughn. I am gonna say Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, I have to say <laughs> Sam Kings, Raimi. Sam Raimi. I have I to say Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. That's, a, that's a great show. But, out.
3: but can Raimi. I just say, my girlfriend, uh, she watched the first three Spider-Man films just just very quickly uh, for the first time. She's 22. Um, and she, great, l- great, great detail. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was gonna say.
1: Right. And, okay. Yeah, okay. don't worry
3: about It's all right. Out there. No, <laughs> no well, look, how long have those films been out? Okay, okay, she, okay, okay. Oh, okay I was twenty-two. Do you fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so then. <laughs> yeah, so then, and she watched the Dark Knight films, and they're usually considered better. But she actually said to me, she liked the Spider-Man films more than the Dark Knight oh, films. Okay. Uh, so that's a that's a big hot take. I though. do feel
0: like the Dark Knight films are. Like um, the Spider-Man films are a bit more accessible than Dark Knight. They films take themselves very seriously yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. then um, in a certain. Sam Raimi is not a bad shout. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I thought you were gonna say just action yeah. in general. Maybe I would have said like someone like James Cameron. But like, if
2: you're saying comic book films specifically, Slash, you know. And I, I get another hot take. If I wasn't gonna say Matthew Vaughn, I would have said Zack Snyder because I'm Snyder. a massive. I like. I know a lot of people I like don't. I think he's very. He's like Michael Bay. I, I like him more <laughs> than most people. I'd like to reckon Jordan Peele could do a good superhero film.
1: Yeah, I'd be. I reckon they. I reckon Mm -hmm. the Marvels. Someone's eyeing him up to be like a different tone because I think James Gunn wants someone to do the Guardian story but have their own take on it. Yeah. And the kind of the retro 80s vibe is that's, yeah. done. And I know people
2: will try and replicate that. Yeah. Now that we're on this train, can I just oh. make one more? Go, go, oh, yeah. No, no, no yeah, sorry, sorry. It's just, <laughs> I, I've been re-watching a film from a certain franchise and one director from that franchise who has not stepped into the comic book world, which I think he needs to be hired by either Marvel or DC because he'll come in, make one good film. They don't need to keep him around. But that's Justin Lin, who does all Fast, the best the Fast and, Fast and Furious, Furious movies. And he did Star Trek Beyond. That guy would... I, they should have given him Thunderbolts. He, would have, he could have directed Thunderbolts in his sleep. Who's yeah. doing Thunderbolts? Um, I don't know, but I know there's a lot of people from the TV show Beef involved with Thunderbolts.
0: I would love to see Joseph Kaczynski, Yeah, who, uh, like a fantastic... Green Lantern, no, no, give, him Green, or Green Lantern. Lantern. give him Green Lantern. Something like that. I think he's with Top Gun Maverick as well. You, you know I told tools. Yeah. But. but yeah, anyway, that was a little, sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. That was a little director's diversion from uh, the main discussion. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk about as we were sort of honing in on the mixed aspects of the film is what did you guys think of... Adam Warlock.
2: Nah. Yeah. No, um, I really enjoyed I, Adam Warlock.
0: You,
1: you didn't. I did. You oh. did like him. I did. Dan, not so much? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, fi- I'm fi- fine. Fine, he's fine. I, I think they... they uh, I think James Gunn had a different idea for Volume 3 when he made Volume 2. And yeah. I think he said that Infinity War Endgame has <laughs> it had to go a certain way. Yeah. Uh, and I, I reckon... I don't know how big... I don't know if, if the Disney corporate people like... In your post credit scene, Volume Two, let's 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 get but for your films. Let's sort of uh, let's really spruce some excitement from Adam Warlock, massive character in comics, right? Yeah, hundred and big and big for the Infinity War arcs. For so well, in the comics, was,
3: he's massive because he's he's got the Soulstone. Yeah, he's yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, well, he's in really his in his forehead. Really. Um, for me, th- this is the thing. I I I understand what they did with him. I understand it's this is this is one of a big character he's part of the sovereign uh we got we got teased him at the end of gardens of the galaxy uh too um and i think for the for the film i i'd say that I can understand because it's something to base on they said they they spoke about how he was a baby he was a bit of comic relief he was a bit of um yeah someone to laugh at someone to kind of like um Kind of yeah, just add a bit of um, of of comedy to the film, um, something to build on as well because this aspect of him being just a baby and learning the ropes kind of thing, something to build on for the future, which I do like. Yeah, um, I think yeah, it's a far cry from the comics. I think it's very very different from the comics. He's a much more developed leader of the Guardians in the in the comics. Um, and he's a really big big powerhouse.
0: Yeah, I really like Will, Will Poulter. So good. Yeah, I so do like he's, Will Poulter. He's hilarious. And just um yeah, I don't know. I I found the whole thing when he sort of like destroys that one ravager yeah. and he's and th- I thought that was hilarious. Um I was like when he first comes into the film and he starts like wrecking yes. the guardians. There was a, I was like holy shit, like this is mm. this is this is serious stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, no, I don't know. He sort of just comes in and goes out, and I don't really, I didn't really understand his placement that much in yeah. the film that much. That was my only sort of. I I was he was He was shoe-hunted.
2: Yeah. Shoe-hunted. yeah, but That's I'm nice. happy that he was. I, 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 I it's yeah. not something I'm like. Oh, I wish he wasn't. It also felt. bodes well for the future. I hope to see him. I also want to say I think I, I enjoyed Adam Warlock without like unconditionally. I really enjoyed the character, and I think the reason I did was because. In the MCU, they already did the serious Superman character, which was Richard Madden as Icarus. Yeah. yeah, and if they hadn't done that, I would have said, "Well, Adam Warlock should have been more serious." Yeah. But because they already did the Icarus, I'm happy with the campy Adam Warlock, which is, is completely dumb. forgotten about. Those characters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you like it? Huh? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. It was uh, again. I, I, I think about it more. I wanna, I wanna watch it again. Okay. Uh, and I, I think it did more than I realized, like visually like more it interesting.
2: No. Oh wow. We How need to do an Eternals of- podcast. No. Uh, oh, are
1: you a big, 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 a big uh, advocate?
2: For- I'm a big fan of half of the movie. Okay, the the, the non Chloe I the guess. non Chloe Zhao half. Yeah, oh, it's so That's, many that's, that's a hot take, but anyway. you know, because people say Eternals is great because of Chloe Zhao, I think yes. the other stuff good, is good Sorry, mm-hmm. anyway, no, good. keep yeah. going. Uh,
0: but yeah, no, Adam Mullock, I think I'm excited. to see, In a weird way, where he kind of reminded me a bit about what how they've done spider-man in the mcu which is we like for me i know i had a lot of issues with the uh, tom holland films up until um, no, way. no way home but then what i realized was at the end of the No way home is like those films were his origin story mm. now he's Spider-Man because we were complaining yeah. like oh yeah what well, when's he gonna become spider-man blah, blah, blah. with this film it's more like it's not I, I don't know if it's an origin story of sorts but it's something to sort of just step off and like now he can sort of do his own thing and have his own film, even though he's now essentially the part of the new wave of Guardians, yes. right? Yeah. Um,
1: well, there's a shot that lingers on him at the end when he's watching them all dance and he's kind of emotional, like, yeah. here I am, like, and yeah. it's kind of, all yeah, right, now let's play some yeah, And he comes,
0: he comes and gives, mm. g- gets in on the hug. Also, oh, the, yeah. um, the nice little uh, creation of Adam
1: moment. Yes. That, that scene that 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 surprised great. me. I mean, I'd, I'd be like, we thought, is someone going to die? Yeah. Um but just seeing Star Lord as a big bag of flesh. I really just thought bloating that. up. That's the yeah, third thought...
2: time that's happened. They do that in every Guardian's film. He's always about to get frozen in space until someone helps him, right? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. yeah First yeah. one, yeah, Yondo yeah, on yeah, yeah. ship comes, second one Yondu helps him, third one Adam Warlock helps him.
1: But I believed yeah. I truly again he got me. I was like, yeah, fine, I think this is a good arc, like he's saving his friend. He is just and he's no longer got this this mystical power in him, he's just a human at the end of the day, and there he is sort of just dying. And yeah. I thought it was yeah, but I'm um, yeah i was yeah. fine how they sorted it i
0: really loved how they they concluded the film with the Florence and Machine song that was nice. I guess it wasn't like we've been listening to 80s and 70s and 80s and 90s music, and it was nice kind of just rocket switches on the iPad and it goes to 2000s. And it's like, and it's mm. nice, it was a nice, and they're all dancing. So it had yeah. like, cringe, yeah. Did anyone I don't cringe know, no, no. no, I didn't cringe. I really well, would, I do, so Going
3: awesome. back to what you were saying, going to homages to Star Wars, mm. could this not be like how they were uh, at the end well, of, well, of the um, yeah, in are in they the all dads, might
1: this need could to be like, Star like, Wars illiterate here. I might get it. What do you, yeah. what 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 happens with the Ewoks? They just have a dance. So they just kind oh, of fine.
3: have like a dance off kind of festival at the end, like a celebration. Yeah. this is kind of like a festival, like a celebration. Like the thing is though, the the dog days are over, but they're not. They're just not over because in the they're part of the wider. For the yes, for the for the whole characters of the family. So we ho- I hope to see all these characters again. Yeah. I'm sure in the next big big um, end game level film, they'll all hopefully make a return. Um, but yeah, like there's more to be done. There's still this is another thing that I wanted like I'd like to just say about the film. There's like I felt like there's still more to be. There's so much more that can be done and should be done with a lot of these characters. Mm. And I think that um, yeah, I think that they they their inclusion in they're a big part of the comics and their inclusion in the rest of the MCU. And they're a big part. they are a lot of people's favorite characters. Yeah, like the Guardian. The first Guardians film. Like uh, despite what. Um, like yeah it's, it's very popular it, it, I, I remember when it first came out everyone loved the film everyone was talking about it um and yeah like i think they should i, I don't think we should stop here it's sad like it's sad that, that a lot of these characters we're not going to get another yeah. guardians I, film i think
0: like it's unclear what they're going to do because it's supposed to sort of be the end of this chapter yeah. i guess of the guardians but at the same time we're hopeful for more adventures and then at the end it says, the legendary Star-Lord, Star-Lord return, but return. But I would have thought
1: yeah. that it Said would say the, the Guardians, Guardians would right? return as in yeah. the new team would return. Yeah. But I, not- I saw that as like a visual joke almost. Like he's, he's, eating, he's eating cereal, he's just like a guy on Earth and then it's kind of saying the legendary Star-Lord, don't you worry, he's still there and it's kind of just for him but like, and it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know but, but I know, but then Marvel films do that at the end of every. I all would films, love certainly. to
2: see Peter Quill's influence on Earth working as alongside the other ground-level Earth superheroes. Like if he rocks up in Secret Invasion, I would love to see that. If with he rocks up in Captain America 4, yeah. would love to see that. Like he doesn't need to go in space, he can be a superhero on Earth, hmm. you know, and he would function it's perfectly he would alongside, you know, Bucky and and, yeah. and Sam Wilson and all the rest of them. That'd be cool. Hmm.
0: But yeah, no, I think on that note, unless anyone has anything else they want to add to the mix, slash, but Dan?
1: I did. Uh, so one thing I was going to ask you guys, did you did you guys all question when who was it? It's a Nathan Fillion's character, Michelin Man. Yeah, right, um, shoots mm-hmm. tracks, Yeah. and it's quite
2: it's quite intense. In, quite intense. Yeah. Well, it yeah. is.
1: It's like and it's like this. Is this him being done? Is this our sort of act to end of act two kind of thing that kicks him off into that 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 gets them into the climax with 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 more motivations? They've lost the friend, and he's just absolutely fine. Yeah, obviously they have those medipacks that they kind of just sort of. Threw magically into the, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not to say that, that. Yeah.
0: there are a lot of sort of fake deaths in the film? Could like, be yeah. in an
1: alternate cut where they yeah. actually kill Drax at that point Maybe, or something. Like
0: in yeah. the, in the when Adam Warlock attacks at the start, Groot's head is taken off. In like, what? Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, and he's fine. Back, and sure. yeah. Then the Drax thing, and he gets shot twice, and like Mantis is screaming, like, "Oh my god, is this the end of Drax?" And then there's Rocket, of course, dies, doesn't die, comes back. Well, that felt
1: earned,
2: but all the others yeah, didn't yeah. feel particularly. And earned. then yeah.
0: like Star Lord at the end. Dies doesn't yeah. die come back like, yeah
2: so I don't know maybe I don't know, maybe they're just playing Which around. One like... guy said it off camera that he goes to where Harry Potter goes when he dies. Oh yeah that, <laughs> <was> <laughs> they, yeah 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 yeah. Rocket in the it, was that King's Cross? cross. Your yeah, King's, yeah, yeah. King's Cross? White, yeah, he goes to the White's Cross. No. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah no, but I know I think o- on a whole guys like I I was really really uh, satisfied with this yeah. this this final volume of, uh, of 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 Guardians I um I can I think they've they've really they've left it in a good place James Gunn is like very good place yeah he's closed the book but also sort of left it open enough to do uh, open enough to do more what right. yeah. my next question was going to be on was more so. What, how do you guys feel moving forward in the MCU? Do you think this is just specific to James Gunn and the Guardians? Or do you think this success and this, you know, uh,
2: sort of satisfaction with the fans is going to hopefully or continue? Okay, going? so for me, okay, interesting that the rest of the year with the MCU, Yeah, my opinion, I've given enough opinions, but uh i'm not that excited the only thing i am excited for is secret invasion because it looks so drastically Mm. different from everything else so just as
0: a reminder the upcoming marvel projects that we do have we have secret invasion i think that's the the next show the show then we have the marvels which i'm not excited for at all
3: nice (laughs) i'm not excited for it all
0: then and then we have echo which is either this year or next sure which i don't really know if we need it no, we'll whatever. see. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Okay. Loki mm. season two is supposed. Yep. To be Nice. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I'm then happy then Iron that. Heart is apparently this year or next Sh- year. Sure. Uh, Agatha sure. Covenant. Sure. Darkness. Yeah. Great. And then Daredevil next next year. That,
2: early next even year. then I'm like, uh-huh. when's Deadpool? Is that De- Deadpool next year? Is that the... I think
0: is next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Is Guardians Phase Five? Yeah, it is because ant yeah. was the first. Oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. But sorry. But yeah. So
2: after because of that and because the only movie remaining is the Marvels, which like. When I, I told you when I saw the trailer, I literally thought I've seen this movie before. Mm. You know, um, there was nothing new or unique about it. Now that we've seen James Gunn do this with Marvel after having come off a, a few bland movies from the MCU, I'm looking to DC. Yeah, I'm looking to the Flash. Um, even though we've we've all said our off-camera thoughts about that and mm-hmm. how it should progress, but I'm looking forward to the Superman film. I'm looking forward to this Green Lantern true detective inspired series that they're they're doing. You know, I'm excited for the Batman Brave and the Bold, even though. I'm still heartbroken that Affleck's not coming back um, but I'm looking to DC now thanks to James Gunn mm. because of the confidence he has instilled in, in for us as a filmmaker but also as a fan yeah. as someone who is able to manage different stories yeah. and threads and stuff like that so yeah. DC
0: Now I'm so happy that you said that because when they started announcing all the new slate mm. for the DC stuff I was just I think I was just a bit sort of annoyed with the whole Henry Cavill situation mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck's I, I didn't really know what the hell was going on and I was like you know what I'll watch the films, but I don't know if I'm going to be as invested. As, as invested, but now that he's done this, it's kind of like, okay, you know what? Fine, do it. Let's see what you go, let's yeah. see what you can do. Uh, but no, that's just me. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, future of the MCU? Are we hopeful? Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. I want to say I hope so. Okay. Okay. You hope you hope. I that hope hopeful. I'm hopeful. You hope. I think. Well, look. I think we've had a, we've had a. a a few some of the uh, films that we've seen like re- in the recent times we we spoke about um like quantum mania we spoke very, very intensively on that uh, love and thunder multiverse of madness um this this has been one of the very few good marvel films in recent memory yeah um and yes in recent memory um unfortunately that's the case for the future i'm I don't want to say I'm I'm of the same opinion as you as I'm looking to the DC, but I'm turning my head. I I think I, I'm not looking. For, I'm not I'm not too excited for the most for the upcoming projects. Mm. I'm not super excited.
0: This this is the only thing I just feel like whenever I look at the MCU and the Guardians films specifically, I always think of the Guardians films as more so James Gunn's. Yeah, films, it's they separate. They're separate. The they're separate. So t- for me, I hope that this film is sort of going to be like a a beacon in the darkness for the mcu and be like you know what we'll try Let's to say this
2: film i think we probably all agree it it does more for james gunn than it does for marvel maybe yeah yeah you know what i mean definitely because it
3: shows what they're missing kind of thing mm,
1: yeah. yeah i think disney are trying to, to i think they're aware of this and i and i'm not i think disney's ownership of marvel is problematic and i i think because obviously james gunn was fired from this and yeah. then put back on and i think that's always almost forgotten like I don't know if this would have, without that, would have this been his final hurrah, I'm not sure, but like, they let him do what he wanted, I think I've seen him in a few interviews, he was, they genu- he got the F-bomb in there, he got an F-word, yeah, which is yeah, like, yeah. fine, and like, a lot of kids all know, they all know it, like, it's not really, the yeah. stigma behind that it isn't quite as intense as we all maybe thought it might be, yeah. but like, um, obviously some of the some of the gore in there is quite intense, yeah. but like, I think it's Disney letting directors truly just do what they want to do. Yeah. And I think they do. And MCU needs to go R rated. Comics are brutal. Stories can be brutal, and mm. um, and tragic, and uh, not necessarily R rated because obviously James Gunn's proved it doesn't need to be a fifteen. Mm. But um, I think uh, there's a new ownership, isn't there? They're now put, the, the the gaps between their projects are getting a bit bigger. bigger yeah, Marvel's yeah. was going to be July, I think. Mm. So that obviously the CG was not something we didn't touch on at all. Is this? cg stood out as a lot better than some of the previous yeah absolutely absolutely Mm. which i thought maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't quite catch it in time because i thought maybe this had got the curse of Mm. of the previous phase four films which didn't look dreadful but there was just something slightly yeah
2: as as you're saying all this it it, something's dawned on me which is that because of james gunn you look at okay what are the best or the better uh from a filmmaking point of view phase four movies or phase five movies is a shang chi it is uh what's it wakanda forever from a filmmaking point of view and then it's this Perhaps people, when they blame this, they should stop blaming the MCU because at the end of the, Kevin Feige is a quality producer. Maybe it is just the director's fault. Yeah, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I've been vocal thing, a so, lot about, you know, visions. the vision. Some, yeah, yeah. maybe sometimes. Like it Peyton is. Reed with the Ant-Man films yeah. and like John Watts, who I, I'd say like Mark Webb with the amazing Spider-Man films. Those films feel like they were made after Tom Holland because the visual effects are better. the The, the cinematicness is better. You know, perhaps it's, not a you know people love taika waititi but come on he's made yeah georgia rabbit great ragnarok great whatever but directors can stumble all right and perhaps yeah, 100 no, you're blaming the studio sure but this is the same studio that made Endgame, winter soldier you know and trusted yeah. the directors perhaps it's just about the directors and yeah. james Gunn's done a good job kugler's done a good job Destin daniel cretton's done a good job mm. hey maybe blame is being placed on the place. I also and I'm do, saying that as a director
0: yeah no I also do think that people do underestimate how difficult it is to make good film that's going to appeal to th- millions of fans yeah. and the amount of pressure that you know uh, one has to take on yeah um, yeah, it can't be understated. And but- I
3: think, I think. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think as well to to finding something new. How, look how many concepts and and how many mm. themes they've gone through throughout the years in the MCU. To, to find that new thing, that new thing that's going to grip people, that's going to. But I guess it's. But I guess like as well at the same time, like the same stories can be told again in different lights and different perspectives. And I think that the, I just think that there needs to be more risk taken. I think there needs to be less. Uh, um Less kind of political correctness, less um, kind of filtering, playing it safe. Yeah, less playing it safe. And I think, and I think what you said about the directors, I do agree with that. But I also think that that at the end of the day, these guys, these guys at Marvel, they're they're looking to make they're looking to make big money films, and the only way they can do that is by incorporating so many of these aspects and so many of these, um, and and kind of like kind of kind of reach for the profit as much as they can. And I think directly or indirectly that just affects the, the quality of the film in itself because if that's the starting base if the, if the if the base isn't to give to give the fans what like a, a film that that they want to talk to their kids about in 20 30 years saying like i remember when i watched this film and how i felt because these films like recently they're not they're not making me feel a lot of things this film i wouldn't say is one of them this film i did uh, going back to the emotional part yes i felt bad for these some of the characters of the past of rocket um and a lot of the characters like but i felt things but if you don't feel anything and if you don't go home and and talk about it and talk about the film and if you don't if it doesn't stick in your mind then how much impact has that film had on you and how how good of a how good could you rank that film
0: no, i think that's a very important point i also think that there's a there's a there's an argument that is that's also like me and you have been going to see these films since we were 11, 10 yeah. years old, right? We are different people now compared to back then. What was the first MCU film you guys saw together? I think it was the first Avengers. What was the first? Avengers? No, that's a good together. one to start. Although, with, although, although um, I have watched every yeah. single MCU film in the cinema yeah. since, like, since Iron Man one. I remember watching that, and it was really it was great. I'm trying to like, if I watched Iron Man one like how I'm now, yeah. I think I would have actually loved it more. Oh wow! Then uh, oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I didn't care I at kid. all.
1: You didn't. I didn't. I just was. I was. Like, I. I even saw Avengers, and I wasn't taken by it. It was with this weird transition. Watching the trailer for Avengers Two, I was like, I just want to. I want to get in this. I, I'm. I'm nice. just in. And then, and Avengers Two wasn't. I don't know how that scene. It wasn't a particularly. Mm. Was that a? T- a it film, was seen as it, just mid. Be. It was just yeah. seen as the setup yeah. film. But then, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Though. Yeah, yeah. I really I like it. I'm Ant Man from. for some reason. was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. i will yeah. It just felt silly. It felt, but, but obviously, that's when they get you with the, yeah. sort of with the in depth stories yeah. and just the characters.
0: Yeah, I mean, both. I think that's just testament to how different everyone's taste, yeah. taste, yeah. yeah, like yeah. a film so, that I don't like or you don't like might actually connect with so many other people. Yeah. We don't know. You know. On that note, guys, I think. um we will conclude the discussion here. Thank you so much, guys, to, yeah. to for coming Thank on the show. Thank you uh, You guys have been amazing. Thank you, Joel. Thank Thank you. Joe. Thank you, Joe. I, I don't know if you can hear us. Yeah, you can hear us. Um, yeah, everyone, I think every, what's great about you guys is you're all very, very different. And you bring really unique perspectives that I that I really
2: appreciate. So thank you. Thank for you me. for having us, man.
0: Um, all their socials will be linked down below if you want to check any of them out. They're doing some really great stuff. Um, so you know where to find all that stuff. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Uh, and I will catch you very soon in the next episode of the Popcorn Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.